Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 45. My name is Netjabar. So uh, let's open up with the antiphon. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come, you, blessed of my Father, receive the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Alleluia. Matthew 25, verse 34. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Kiri Elision. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to, to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who gladdens us, year by year, with the solemnity of the Lord's resurrection. Graciously grant that by celebrating these present festivities, we may merit through, through them to reach eternal joy through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So now that we're in the first week of Easter, and unfortunately we're still under this um, quarantine lockdown, uh, we'll continue um, the first uh, week uh, with the scriptural readings, and uh, if possible, uh, we'll see, um, we'll continue it into the second week of Easter. So uh, on their way to prayer, Peter and John came upon a cripple, in the, uh, in the name of Jesus, the man is cured to the amazement of all. Jesus himself heals the broken-hearted uh, pair on the road to Emmaus. The resurrection brings newness of life even to the living. So the first reading is going to be from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verse 1 and 10. What I do have, I give you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, rise and walk. A reading from the Holy Acts of the Apostles. Peter and John were going up to the temple area for the, for the three o'clock hour of prayer. And a man, crippled from birth, was carried and placed at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate every day to, to beg for alms from the people who entered the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms, but Peter looked 
intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. He paid attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise and walk. Then Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles grew strong. He leaped up and stood and walked around and went into the temple with them, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the one who who used to sit at begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with amazement and astonishment at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The response to the psalm is from Psalm 105. Verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And the response is, Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. And I'll add Alleluia to it. Give thanks to the Lord. Invoke his name. Make known among the nations his deeds. Sing to him. Sing his praise. Proclaim all his wondrous deeds. Rejoice, O, o hearts that seek the Lord. Alleluia. Glory in his holy name. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek to serve him constantly. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Alleluia. You descendants of Abraham, his servants, sons of Jacob, his chosen ones, he the Lord is our God. Through the, throughout the earth his judgments prevail. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Alleluia. He remembers forever his covenant, which he made, binding for a thousand generations, which he entered into with Abraham, and by his oath to Isaac. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So uh, now, beginning of the gospel. Uh, this is the antiphon to the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, alleluia. And the reading is going to be from St. Luke, chapter 24, verse 13 to 35. They recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. So he asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped looking downcast. And one of them, named Colopus, said to him in reply, So are you 
the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? Then they said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucify him. But we were hoping he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. And then there are some women from our group, however, who have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and they did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described it. But him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on further. But then they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were open and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found the gathered together, the eleven and those with them, who were, who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way, and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I have to say, this is one of uh, my favorite passage in uh, St. Luke's Gospel because of how Jesus made himself known to those two disciples, not of the original uh, 12 of the apostles, but him walking along on the road and mysteriously how they couldn't recognize him. And then he started interpreting the scriptures, going to the prophets, the Psalms, the wisdom books, the poetry books, and then they urged him to stay with them in uh, in the place. And at the table, he took the bread 
and he said the blessing and then broke the bread and they realize it's Jesus in you know in the way he said the prayer and the way he broke it because they recognized the way Jesus did things and then suddenly he disappeared but they understood they understood finally that that he is now in the Eucharist he is in the bread that this is his real presence and he was making you know he was trying to communicate to them doing it through a um, a study a, a teaching method they knew his teaching method and obviously as he was discussing the scriptures they were obviously remembering that yeah Jesus did say this yes he did say this yes he did make reference to this but we don't know why we never understood this in the beginning and so he now they're they're beginning to realize they're beginning to connect the dots they're beginning to connect the the prophecy to Jesus and his actions to G, how it was all fulfilled in him and this is this is what i said in the last podcast is that the the passion is connected deeply to the exodus you can connect the crucifixion to the story the sacrifice story of abraham and isaac and the bread and wine that jesus um used or he kept on talking about was connected to the bread and wine that Melchizedek brought to Abraham and made a sacrifice to the Lord through the bread and wine. So a lot of theologians believe that this was the sacrifice that was in the Garden of Eden, the offering, the gift made, a Thanksgiving gift made uh, in the Garden because Adam was a high priest. He was anointed and he was given charge and he was given responsibility in the garden. The garden was the temple. Uh, scholars say that you could see in, the temple was designed with a lot of flowers and there was a lot of uh, connection to the Garden of Eden. If you notice how our uh, churches during Easter time, even throughout the year, you notice there's a lot of flowers around the sanctuary, around the altar. You'll see flowers decorated around the statues of the Virgin Mary and Christ or St. Joseph and all the saints. Just around the altar, around the whole sanctuary, there's always flowers. Flowers placed there. And this is basically calling back to paradise and calling back to the tomb where the resurrection was. And how he revealed himself, revealed that he's resurrected to Mary Magdalene, a woman. And this is going back to sort of redeeming and atoning and fixing the temptation, the, the beguiling that happened to Eve in the tomb. And his passion, his agony and testing was not just in the wilderness where sort of like Adam and Eve were exiled and where the Israelites wanted for 40 years but also his testing was in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the olive groves, where he was tested. And, you know, he prayed to his father three times. It takes three times to press the olive, to get the, to get the oil, to get the olive oil from. And he went back and prayed three times to his father. And by the third time, he sweated blood, which is... Uh, connecting to the third time that you crush the olive. 
and you know you see there's all and that was the the garden where the olive oil was produced for the temple as you see because that belonged to the temple the garden of gethsemane belonged to the temple so now he's connecting the dots and they're going to know even more when they're given the holy spirit when the holy spirit comes on pentecost and they're going to understand all this so um hopefully uh everything will be coming back soon hopefully um even the church doors i really i really believe um a lot of us should write to the archdiocese a lot of them should write to the bishops because one of the crazy things is is this someone the other day a catholic pointed out the supermarkets are open people are buying food and you're using the keypad if you're paying with a debit card you're using that to pay and you're touching the finger the the, the keypad uh numbers the same as everybody else uh costco is open some of the uh like the big major stores like target is open i mean for crying out loud you're going to if some people are even going to mcdonald's and burger king and if you're going through the drive through if you're going up to the counter to buy the food's being wrapped up and being touched by you know by people that you know, are handling your food and yet the churches can't be opened i mean there is a significant I mean, seriously, what's the big difference? What's the big difference of the risk? And if you're riding the subway and you're riding the buses and if you're going in taxis, that's right there. You have close contact if that's it. And some people don't seem to be able to, you know, to, to, to notice that why are the churches being closed? Why do these, these big officials seem to think these government officials seem to think that they got to close the churches down i mean all right we could practice social distancing within the churches we can limit how many people can be during a service but it seems like they had to cut they had to close the churches down even if there's drive-through masses if you're listening to your priest in a parking lot they had to go up in some places and put tickets on windows. The cops had to walk up to the person, which violated so-called social distancing. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I mean, it said they said it was, uh, I think a particular group said it was 98% chance of recovery. All right. And that's good. Understandable that... Uh, Basically, that I don't think, you know, it doesn't make any sense. There's some things they're saying that doesn't make any sense. You know, there's a lot of contradiction. And I do feel that I, honestly, that if you give up your rights, you're going to find it very hard to get them back again. And a lot of this, a lot of certain political groups and officials are using this as an opportunity to, to take power. And I'm seriously worried about that. I'm worried about it because you can't, you know, you can't give up your rights, your constitutional rights, the right to assembly, the right to worship, and the right of free speech. And we know the right of the press that if, if let's say these guys took that right from them, they'll be screaming bloody murder. Well, th this is all connected. 
And I think seriously, there's a lot of government officials that are too desperate to grab hold of it and too desperate to want to change the Constitution. I seriously believe we have to think about that. And we really should write to the bishops and warn them about this, that they gave up too quickly. They didn't, they didn't ask enough questions. They didn't bother to represent us enough. And I really feel that they need to, they need to do this. They really seriously need to go back and start talking with these guys, start, start holding their ground. You know, Mark Twain said something very interesting in an article. Uh, they used it for a comic book where they had Captain America quoting it. And basically that no matter what the press says, no matter what public opinion says, no matter what politicians say, you plant yourself firmly as a tree by the river of truth and you don't move. And when they come and they tell you to move, you look them straight in the eye and you tell them, no, you move. I'm standing here. And that's very important. That's a very important warning because Mark Twain is telling us to not move easily, especially when it comes to government officials who say they're doing this for the public safety. A lot of tyrants say they do things for the public safety. And once you give up your rights, you don't give them back very easily. They don't, they're not going to give them to you. They're going to hold on to them. And like Benjamin Franklin said, if you give up your rights, your freedoms, you don't deserve them. So let's continue to uh, the closing. So let's uh, say uh, some prayers that are needed. Um, for the um for those who have been afflicted by the coronavirus um hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death amen uh for those who have died and for the souls in purgatory hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, for those who have been financially afflicted and uh, hope to return, the economy will return back. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For those who have lost their jobs or are possibly may lose their business and who are suffering, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And for the Holy Father, Pope Francis, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For our bishops, our priests, and the religious, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All right, folks. So um, hopefully I'll be back again and uh, hopefully things will be a little better and uh, we should keep praying. Keep praying the rosary and uh, read the passage of scriptures if you have a daily missal. And there are tons of other ways. You got EWTN, you got uh, Catholic uh, sites on YouTube channels. You got also um, tons of things we could we should be doing. We should be praying the Rosary, reading Scripture, praying with your family. And so these are things we're still called to be holy even in our home lives. So we'll be together again soon. And God bless and stay healthy. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.